Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast where we sound the climate apocalypse alarm every single bloody week, whether you like it or not. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. <laughs> what a pause. That's <laughs> what were you waiting good. for there? <laughs> Why? What was wrong with the pause? I think I didn't pause. I just, it's just, is that yeah, just the delay that delay. we've got? All right, so the delay's pretty long then. Um, this week we're going to talk about like nationalism and countries and like national identity and all that. I saw a video like patriotism versus nationalism, which I didn't watch, but hey, what are you going to do? Plus, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you what was in it. Sounds good. Have you got any subjects you think oh, yes, I do. you might want to uh... talk about? <laughs> National. Well, I was going to say identity versus nationalism. I was going to say uh, tribes, countries, you know, multiculturalism, stuff like that, all those kind of things, open borders, yes. free movement, D- freedom, la, la, la. Um, diversity. Also, Douglas Rushkoff, I heard, talking on Team Human about the origins of the concept of a country because it didn't always exist. Um, back before we had big maps. Hopefully that's enough to think that you want to listen. So let's play the intro music. How's it going, Ivanka? It is going very well. Very well indeed. This week, I've got I've got news. I've 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 been printed. You're something, holding up something a I pink wrote, book. A pink book called Signals, which is published by right. an organisation called Public Digital, and I have written yes. an article in it called "Using User Research" by Ivanka Meitch. Well, age forty-four uh, and a half. <laughs> doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> where does it say you're from? Um, it doesn't say anything about where I'm from or whether I'm male uh, or female or how old I am or anything like that. It just says, wow, like it it just says read the stuff in this book. Experts wrote it. And I felt very, I was like, <laughs> my first year, A, I was like very chuffed because A, it's a nice colour pink as well. And B, mm-hmm. but then my immediate was, re- reaction was, oh, I wonder if my article is as good as everybody else's. Everyone else's sounds really yeah. clever. <laughs> that was my immediate that was my how did reaction number two yeah yeah that's normal how did your uh how did your how did this come about this came about because i have worked with one of the founders of this organization before and i am an associate which means i get to remain a freelancer but occasionally do bits of work with them and through them and all sorts of things like that and they um mm. they are a, an organisation that avi- advises many governments and large private sector organisations how to do big digital transformation things. And they did one mm. of these last year and now they've done another one and they asked if I wanted to do, write something. And I said, yes, I will. I'm going to say yes to this. I have things to say. That's what I said. Well, fancy that. <laughs> and then there was one other good thing. At the latest OPEC meeting... OPEC Secretary General has complained of what he called unscientific attacks on the oil industry by climate change campaigners, calling Mm. them perhaps the greatest threat to our industry going forward. Boom! Get in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he doesn't understand that it's going to run out soon. Um, What's OPEC, oil, petrol... The oil, blah, blah, whatever they stand for. And they are the... But, you know... The, the the enemy has uh, the en- enemy of all of us <laughs> has realised that uh, we are not letting them smash up our planet for no mm. reason for just well not for no reason just because they want yeah. more money in the negative column uh, June was the hottest month on the planet Earth ever in ever since anyone's measured it mm. that's not good certainly hot in here. I have to say that my uh, Adriatic island in the Adriatic is bear- at least bearable. <laughs> hmm. So there you go. That's okay. Let's hurry this along. Michael, how are you? How was your week? Can I have one, one very short story, please? 
one one very short story. I got to tell two. Um, I do you know that thing I was saying about um, the rut escape in prison and running away from the dogs? Yeah. And uh, you know I've got to be in running. It's dangerous, scary. Um, my my stepsister gave me some gave me some good advice, which was don't overuse the fight or flight system. Though it's designed for emergency use and not a way to live. And apparently, I am to look at Yerkes Dodson. So um, I think that's a good oh. point. You can't just like engage your emergency systems at all times, can you? That's not no. going to lead to goodness. No, you cannot. No, 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 Monsieur. I did, <laughs> I did comment last week that you had chosen a rather stressful approach. But yes. Also, I was looking at the apples in Sainsbury's, right? right. Royal Gala ap- apples in Sainsbury's. And I, I rarely look at the country of origin, and I looked at the country of origin, and there was a choice of Royal Gala apples. On the left, British, or the organic ones from New Zealand. So that's a bit of a disgrace, isn't it? It is really. We've got to stop doing that sort of thing. Oh, I want organic apples. Yeah, okay. Well, in that case, your carbon footprint is going to be two million times more. Ivanka doesn't care about that. It's obvious to her, to me. It was interesting. (laughs) It is interesting because it is shocking. Well, I think for for on the on the climate apocalypse clanging bells side of things it can become though also very difficult to shop <laughs> if you're yeah yeah so my, my aunt's trying to stop you buying plastic not the same one a different one and I, i'm like yeah right maybe it's like oh the peanut butter's in a glass jar but it's got plastic thing it's like yeah i mean plastic is good for keeping food fresh so you know we do it's like the frivolous plastic that we want to start with not yeah. all of the plastic like, um, yeah, somebody bought my child a new kinder thing called, not, not a kinder egg, which already has plenty of not reusable plastic. There's a thing called yes. Kinder Joy. We encountered this. Yeah. It's not even I a chocolate so. egg. It's a plastic egg. And then they've melted no. the chocolate and put the chocolate inside it and then you scoop it out with a plastic spoon. And mm. it's like plastic bonanza. Yeah, so just don't, maybe let's not buy those ones. Maybe Kinder um, could just stop making those ones, I think. They've maybe Kinder needs to look at their life they decisions. Do. They do. Let's start talking about countries by saying, uh, like asking what a country is. Because if you think about it, it's pretty arbitrary, isn't it? It's very arbitrary. My, uh, mm. my, father, so my father taught me this thing once. Uh, he gave me a trick for, for, for doing well in your... Cause it, so in the Yugoslav education system, at any time during the course of the school year, and, this, and in each of the four semesters... The teacher can just mm. say, my itch, blackboard, answer these three questions, four questions, whatever, give you a grade, and that's your grade for the term. And so therefore one yep. has to be in a constant state of preparedness. So for mm-hmm. geography, my father taught me this trick, essentially. It's not really a trick, but, you know, it was like, look, if you look at a country on a map, if the teacher, you know, calls you up and says, speak to me about Japan, you can go, oh, well. Japan is capital city because you can see everything from the map. Capital city Tokyo. It is in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It is, you know, whatever. It borders. Did you see me pause then? I was like, which ocean is it? Um, you know, it borders with China. I just heard middle. I was thought that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, okay, it's not middle. Yeah, it is. All right. But anyway, it's right on the left. I don't actually have a map in front of me, so it's, right on the it's left not of helping. It. It's on the left, yeah. It's on the Pacific, the rim of the Pacific Ocean, blah, blah. Anyway, mm. so, but, you, by, but by looking at a map of a country, you can talk about it for quite some time. Yeah. You can talk about how far, you know, from, you do need some general knowledge, like it's reasonably north, south, the climate's probably like this. Mm. Um, it seems very mountainous. Mm. It, they're not famous for their flatness. You know, what I mean? mm. you can actually talk about a country quite a lot without knowing a great deal about yeah. it if you've got a decent map in front of you. Wow. Uh, I don't know what that tells so you about countries. For the kids listening. It tells you how, how, how to get a mark on your geography. <laughs> you can tell, but it reminds me of Guns, Germs and... Jared Diamond's book, Guns, Germs and Steel, which is all about, like, the, the success on the world stage of different countries in relation to their 
the angle they are, whether they're horizontal or vertical, which I, I'm pretty oh, sure really? I've mentioned before. But like, and the ones with um, the ones that are vertical tended to have very sort of extravagant palaces and temples and like the Incas and things like that, like very sort of complex and interesting but localized societies which were unfortunately very vulnerable to being invaded by you know by the europeans for example um because you're on that vertical axis and you don't tend to go up and down very much because the climate changes too much and you're not really prepared yeah, yeah, for it yeah, 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 so you yeah, ended yeah. up getting that these sort sense. of very um extravagant but brittle societies and that's this sort of goes for africa as well um these countries that sort of go up and down ended up sort of uh, kind of suffering when the horizontal countries got involved where like you can have quite a lot of migration along the sort of and, yeah, and sort yeah, of have yeah, similar yeah. climates all the way around so sort of technology like a lot more people were interacting well, yeah. i think and the technology developed a lot more and also the immunity well, to disease and things like that was just a much, much um, broader. It does make a lot of sense, though, because if you're, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you take somewhere like Chile, mm. where the people on the, at the very bottom of Chile living in Patagonia, it's, you know, very wet, cold climate. Mm. And at the top, there's like the Atacama Desert. Mm. It's like they've got nothing in common. Yeah. They wouldn't have the same farming, same diet, mm. same nothing so yeah Croatia's a funny one because it's kind of it is sort of vertical well it's more like a um it's shaped like a boomerang so it's sort of got a a vertical up and downy bit and then it's got a thing that goes across the top mm. so it's sort of, so yeah. the people across the top don't really like anyone else no one really likes them either but the Croats are fa famously don't like each other well so. I think that's most countries in the UK <laughs> Italy I know that much about What Rushkoff talks about, and I'm going to really like probably butcher this, is how um, basically it's, it's coming back to that idea of this sort of aristocracy wanting to maintain control of the wealth um, and sort of inventing this idea that they could be the king. Like, OK, I'm the king of, of England which is which goes up as far as there and come it comes down to here, and that means that you've all got to give me, you know, I, I kind of get a stake in it. I've got to, you've got to pay me taxes so that I can then, like, create a huge army and go and invade places and do that sort of thing. But also you've got to use this money. You're not allowed to use your merchant money. So all these cities are coming up and these merchants are starting to get more wealthy and powerful. So this so these so this sort of old money goes no 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 you've got to use the money with my face on it or that's treason and we'll execute you and um and you've got to pay interest on this money that we've created that you have to use um but it wasn't always that way it was it was you know tribes and towns and villages and then cities and then you know the the rich people were like hey wait a minute but then you know at what point did someone go okay this boundary is i mean well, i guess we are sort of um biologically prone to sort of territorialism as many animals are um it's as it gets more and more abstract as you sort of start to be able to write things down that sort of thing i suppose one of the things that i thought you were going to talk about was how the rich people will use national identity to manipulate people yeah, yeah it happens but too. not in the creation of countries i didn't really because i think the concept of an area occupied by a particular type of person who speak a particular language or, or so for example if you take the balkans being a you know an example that i'm knowledgeable of um the slavs moved to the balkans from central europe so sort of polandish and but a, a number of tribes came along and so they've kind of they they're mixed up in the middle but there's on the edges there's bits where people very speak a very distinctly different i don't know accent mm -hmm. or different pronunciation or you know you're we're like each other therefore we're in the same gang therefore you don't let those other ones into our bit yeah kind of a like i mean national identity is something that 
I think even in the UK, we're sort of raised to be cautious of, like in the first place, because it's like England's flags are not, haven't got a good, uh, good image. It's not a good brand, brandishing an English, England flag. It's become associated with football hooligans and like being up ethnic minorities and things like that, really. Um, and it's like, it's such an arbitrary sort of gang to identify with. And also take credit for it. It's like you do sort of think, hey, oh, Shakespeare, he was British and he's he did well. He's popular. Yay. England. Isaac Newton. Yay. England. And, uh, you know, you sort of you sort of for some reason are allowed to take pride in the accomplishments of, let's face it, someone who had nothing, nothing to do with you. We won the war. Did you, did you go to, and win the war? Like at the risk of stealing Doug Stanhope's bit. It's like, we, we, we didn't win anything. We just kind of got born into, you know. I find this topic very interesting because I have got, A, these two identities, and B, well, three even, um, and B, because I have got a, the, you know, the Balkans is entire, completely broken because of, uh, nationalism um, and it's not a nationalism that didn't really come from within it so for example the Croatian very the nationalist gang was something founded by a Hungarian cant uh, it wasn't founded by a Croatian or anybody who could call themselves a Croat I think there's that side of things I think the 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 being proud of who you are it's a very very powerful feeling it's a very powerful uh, I don't know, tall, you know, this kind of, I, I, I don't, I, you know, and it's, it's sort of, I don't know where it is it, I don't know when it serves a positive purpose. I mean, I think I find it very difficult when it comes to conversations about Britishness or, you know, the, the, the England and lions and all this business, mm. but then they're really rude. <laughs> One <laughs> of the things that Britain, you know, you're, I'm proud of in terms of my British heritage is that we're all supposed to be, polite <laughs> well behave you know what I mean there's this sort of like you know this sort of I don't know established reliable kind of um you know without digging under the surface of of how you came to rule the waves but mm. it's like a, and then you know it's a, it's a very it, people sort of pick, it's like those um Brexit party MEPs turning their backs on the ode to joy in the European Parliament this week. And it's like, that's just rude. You know, on top of everything else that it is, it is uncivilised and it is rude. But then I was thinking, the very second I said that, I was thinking about those Extinction Rebellion people going into the British Parliament and just shouting over everybody. So maybe, maybe I only approve of rudeness if... if they're making a point I want to make. I don't know. So you're saying Britishness, ramble, ramble. Britishness is associated with politeness. So how dare people representing yeah. our country not be polite? Uh, yes. I mean, the fact that they're also sort of fairly overtly racist and doing all sorts of other things is also not ideal. Um, although, no. I, I mean, the thing about that story for me was how someone just posted, I, I saw something about how this is what the Nazis did like yeah, yeah, back yeah, in the, too, like yeah. if we do, do we need any clearer back in the day this is the this is the, <laughs> the thing i want to say to people that vote for like a party like that is like you realize you're just giving them power and they're just going to run with that and do you not can you not think about where that what they might extrapolate your vote into because like now your vote's done like you you haven't really got to say anymore so what have you just let loose um how about having to think about it before you just make a choice like that um, but, and, and I think what's 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 very dangerous about that, and what you see uh, here on the Balkans, it's like you know, twenty years after the war has finished, the most recent war has finished, and there have been many wars. You wind everybody up with that nationalism. Mm. You, like you say, they run with it, they do what they want, but the people that were wound up are never like de recalibrated. <laughs> They're just left. With all the anger, they've fought mm. a war, 
they have all these people that are shouting about Brexit and all, you know, all that stuff that we don't like and we see on the telly. They are going to get more angry and it, and it maybe at some point there will be a de-escalation of all this insanity. But the anger that's inside those people will stay inside right. those people. So you think it's just hard to go back. And they have nowhere to let it out. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, go back. You can't, I, I don't understand. Like, I've got cousins, I've got family members, I've got people I went to school with. Like, pff, there's just, they have been, they've been wound up to the point of going to war mm. and all that that entails. And then they've now got to come home and not feel that, you know, there's, they've got nowhere to earth themselves, you know, to let the static out. It's like yeah. just in there boiling and making them more angry and they're not getting what they were promised and their war pensions aren't very good and they keep getting cut and nobody wants them nobody wants to take responsibility for these people that got wound up mm. and that's you know and they're just left being angry yeah. and refusing and then they get angry at everything yeah the gays <laughs> yeah the, anyone who's it refugees how dare refugees come through our country it's like yeah yeah, yeah. as someone who grew up very very angry it was like uh yeah you just you feel the anger and then you just any little thing you think it's that that's causing it so like you're just because you're like this the whole time you just think oh it's because music isn't good enough oh it's because that episode was poorly written like you think that's why you're angry <laughs> so i think like the reason it's you're able to control people with this is we're I mean, we're 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 a we're a social species, and the way that that works is by adopting sh it's through stories and by adopting shared beliefs. It's by saying, okay, we all accept this story, and whether that's um, a religious story or the story of okay, well, this these this border here is something that we're all within, and therefore we all share something. We're all on this side of the sea. I mean, at least uh, like the UK, it's like at least we're on an island. It's a very natural, like, yeah, it's yeah, a, natural it's a very one. natural border. Um, yeah. But like you just think about European countries or just you know just tribes. It's like well, this is this is it's like it's just how the land is going, isn't it? Like there'll be a river. Mm. Like London's on a big river. Like a lot of cities are on a big river. Um, you you get people together by telling them a story that but to having a story that lots of people like the idea of so i suppose it's a question is what's, what's so appealing about the idea of a, a country versus like why does that win out over the idea of just like local uh, way of running things well i think um, one of the things that's very clear with lot, like you were saying about there's n there's natural boundaries between countries or where a country has sort of come into existence because there's a river, there's a mountain range, there's a so the group of people limited by these geographic um, I don't know barriers yeah. have just got used to doing stuff to with each other, mm. speaking the same language, yeah. eating the same food, doing stuff because people do need to trade with each other. Yeah. So they've become that. That's when it's sort of um, uh, sort of geographically limited. That's one thing. But then you get these places where somebody's got a ruler to a map and gone like Africa, mm. where they sort of went, okay, you have that bit and we'll have this bit, yeah. and the border is completely arbitrary so the people yeah. either side the border may not identify as similar people so they won't have national they won't have an allegiance to this arbitrary country because it's not a gang you know that they would that they are part of they don't feel part of they don't look the same speak the same all those things i think the the allegiance I personally, I think part of the reason why you get all these funny inter-country, like, oh, you know, up north, down south, all that yeah. nonsense, is because, actually, people's allegiances are to people who sound like them mm. <laughs> and look like them and who they can communicate with and not to their, not really to their country. That's something people have artificially created for them. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so you think it, it, it depends on the country, doesn't it? How much people want to get involved in the idea of it. Indoctrination from when you're a small child. And what I think... America's that, gross with that, isn't it? 
Yeah, but then they've all elected to go over there. Do you know what I mean? That's a particular type of, that's a self-selecting group. No, I mean just the, how they African have to all say that, that national whatever allegiance, pledge of allegiance in schools every morning. Well, you've got to make it up when they're all completely different. Do you know what I mean? You've got to give them something, right? No, we, we can't speak to each other. You know, our sort of ancestral languages are not the same, but mm. let's all repeat this chant and that mm. makes us the same. Look, we all know the words to the chant. Yeah. Music's you know, good for that. Yeah, chanting songs. Uh, yeah, I mean, songs used to be stories. The, uh, I was reminded there's, a, there's a, a sort of a rock musician-y type person in this, on the Balkan, on the Croatian bit of the Balkans, who sings these incredibly rousing nationalist yeah, songs. Yeah, and I want to know how to tap that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do none of the, like, why do the sort of eco-activist songs always sound so, ve- you know, very like, oh, the planet is... And then these are like... Rah! Well, these, <laughs> like are, these a- are like... Um, I don't know. I keep coming back to Game of Thrones with all this and how, um, like, you kind of go back to pre-TV, pre-internet, pre-all these times. Songs are the way that these ideas are transmitted. So the, the national anthem would have to be something that kind of... Well, you know, rule Britannia, or these songs that people can all sort of start to sing in the bar together, uh, become this sort of, like, uniting, like, common understanding, common belief. How do we kind of transmit this now? It's, 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 it's sort of dogmatic, if anything, the idea of a country. It sort of just feels like a dogma to me now. I think it, it serves some sort of administrative purpose, right? You lot there, you're responsible for making sure all these people have healthcare, passports... Um, you know, education, blah, blah. So you can do that bit and then we'll do this bit over here and you can do that, you know, like, I think there are some sort of infrastructure kind of administrative tasks well, that need to geographically happen yeah. in a, in a, I would in say a that's you know, a contained tr- area. I would say that's true more in theory <laughs> than in practice, though. If you think about how much wealth in the UK is concentrated in London and, like, just the rest of the country can just, you know, forget about it for a lot of it. And it does take the EU to come in and, like, OK, well, we're, we're going to develop this area um, while London's just going to kind of, like, just keep getting richer and richer and also kind of sucking up all the talent from around the country. Like, I wasn't... Well, I was born in London technically, but I wasn't educated in London. But so, like, a small village kind of, like, paid for me and then I just kind of come to London and like London reaps the rewards um but and but in America just like the you know I think a lot of places it's it's the idea that something's national isn't always how it pans out in reality like um in terms of distribution of wealth like in theory that's what it should be like this even even splitting of the spoils but but we don't do that um and I, uh, it brings me back to that Japanese thing of like, where you can pay taxes back to your back to some back to the town that you know paid for you instead of it all going into the city. And I think that's a you know mm. something that makes things a bit more coherent. Uh, how do things like I know America has states and some of which can be huge, mm. but like UK we've got counties. Yeah. Are those a more natural? Like, well, I'm using the word natural, mm. you know, yeah, like for the lack of a better word. But, you know, like, so again, using, I won't use the former Yugoslavia, I'll just stick to Croatia for now. But there are these sort of areas that have similar accents, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe have more or less of a tendency to go to church or whatever it is. But it's like, uh, um, is there... You know, is there is there something that's on a smaller a smaller administrative unit that would be more useful? Well, I think we have the technology to be a lot more distributed than in the past. I think you could sort of manage things in it. You know, like it doesn't all have to be one big sort of spreadsheet like it used to be. I don't know. I don't know what. The... But I think I think one of the the. the if you're going to have this concept of country as some sort of administrative... This is where I think the usefulness of it is. Mm. Like, So you've got some sort of infrastructure that's going to sort things out, take responsibility for distributing taxes, blah, blah, blah. Whether they do that very well or not is... No one can measure. You know, like, there is no then uh, central unit that can go, oh, look, well, there is the UN. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to tie myself up into circles because ultimately... Um, I um, can't see the point particularly. (laughs) 
I was trying, I was clutching at straws for something that, you know, like there's a, there's this concept of fairness that the country, these concepts of countries rely on in order to earn their uh, right to exist, maybe. Well, I mean, here's the, I think there's a lot of, like different countries do things different ways and, and it's it is a, it's an alignment to a set of values that in theory is what's um, collecting us together. So, you know, the American constitution, the different constitutions of different countries, I was, apparently UK's got one, but it sounds like a nightmare. Um, like we, we as a nation are defined by these, like these are our values and this is what we want. Maybe it's, Maybe there's a change in that there are more places to find people who identify with different values. So this sort of like national local thing is getting has become fractured and like that sort of national identity thing has become less and less meaningful. Um, I don't know. I can't I can't formulate a sensible response to that. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's a it's like a, I thought I had more why do why do people I get excited about I get proud of watching I don't know well listen but I do I do I feel a sense of shame as well as pride in my I am associated with these countries yeah and so it's very hard to, you know it's not just a posit, you know a pride chest beating thing it's a um you know, a shame of association. Yeah, yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll both happily apologise, well, not happily, but we'll both apologise for Brexit to people that we meet from other countries. We'll say, yeah, sorry, I thought we were, thought we were better than this. But then I, I think people might argue then that we're being unpatriotic. Yeah, so what does that mean? And who cares? That's what I want to know. Why, why, why do people care about patriotism? How does it benefit them? Like, this is something I'd quite like to understand because it just seems... It's always seemed a bit, like, gross to me as an idea. Like, I'm patriotic and therefore what? I'm going to die for my country, even though those people that are in charge have very different agendas to anything that I could... that would, you know, benefit me. But it's like a... It seems like... A, it seems like a masculine word to me. <laughs> like, it seems to serve nobody but the people collecting taxes. People sending um, people to war. I, I just don't even know what the point of it is beyond it. getting people to fight for your, you know, royal treasury. Yeah, it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to serve a great deal of purpose. But it's something. Uh, but it serves a need. Like that's the thing. Like we do have a need for something like that in our lives. So even though it sort of may feel like a fairly arbitrary way of servicing that need, but it, that we do need to feel part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's, like, that's just a really core cool thing about human beings. Um, so, like, what's a bigger thing to be part of than a country? So maybe that's it. Yeah, rather than dissing countries, <laughs> we should, maybe we should be finding the next thing. Well, it's like nationalism isn't enough. It should be globalism. It should be we are the yeah, human yeah. race. We're on Team Human. We're, we're planet Earth. Like we, If we want to be part of something bigger, let's just be part of everything rather than just like, it's just why draw the boundary at the national borders at all? Well, it's, I mean, it, it does seem so powerless. It's like, you know, take Yugoslavia that's all broken up now. Yugoslavia did a lot better than these individual countries do now. Mm. Like, oh, let's say, you know, just take football. They had a better team. Yeah. And now each of the individual teams have some really good players. If the, if you had the ex-Yugoslav football team, it'd be pretty spectacular, probably. You know what I mean? It's mm. like a, that sort of, like, divided is not a good thing. It's the yeah. opposite of cooperation. And if you're going to pick these... there's. I think it's no less arbitrary than, than selection based on class or caste or any yeah. of those things. Whereas if you've got people to think more globally on that team, human, maybe that's really what we... I think that's really where I am. That's the end point of this. As well. You need that watchman, yeah. like uh, you need an alien invasion to kind of like unify us as human beings. But um, I mean, did you see Tony Blair's like little kind of rant? Uh, I saw it this week. I don't know how long it's been around. It looked like pretty recent, but he was just saying like, as someone who, I'm, you know, I've been in rooms where power is the main thing and this is just all about power. And like, if you, like China is going to be 
only yeah, by grouping together are we going to even have a seat at that table. If we're kind of like split up, then we're just going to be sat at the little table while all the grown-ups yeah. talk at the big table. And he was like very clear about it. And it's like clearly someone that's you know knows what it's like to be in a room with people with a lot more yeah, clout, with power. Um, and and just the fact but that it, we think that we uh, by kind of dividing ourselves from the rest of Europe that we're going to not just suffer from that. That's uh, it's crazy talk. I, what I don't understand and what I'm sure is written somewhere in, you know, Leninist and Marxist kind of propaganda and ideology is why the have-nots can't feel unified against the haves. Yeah. Why do we have share allegiance with billionaires who, who are from our country? Oh, didn't he do well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hasn't he? You know, it's like, he's not, you know, like if we all united against their hoarding of wealth, they would not be able to hoard wealth. No, if we just rejected the belief that that wealth was wealth, just went, actually, wealth. no, we've got a different system now, so... Yep. Yeah, don't know what, so that, what, what yours... those numbers are supposed to mean anymore. Like, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with but that. But it's like, let's, you know, how do you tap into that same power and say, look, you can't have... And I mean... You know that that you just can't be like that, and it's not about colour or, or um, gender or whatever. It's just about, you know, as a human race, we want to survive. I, you know, and that's that, that's the be the beginning and the end of the allegiances. Because if your government's not performing its task, then it doesn't deserve to be your government, and you, it doesn't deserve to be in charge of your country. No. And we get so, Johnson. Uh, what, you know what's that going to be? That's just going to be, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be, it's just it's gonna flush be hilarious, it. Michael. Flush so much thing. great telly. <laughs> just flush the whole thing. We want to be part of something bigger and. You know, it used to be that yeah, country, country was the, the the largest practical like group Unit. that you could be part yeah, of, and then we've just isn't. been growing it and growing it. Um, and let's let's embrace that instead of sort of like recoiling from it. I think I think one of the things though that we ha we have addressed sort of inadvertent, you know, by talking about the fact that people who talk similarly and dress similarly live in a similar area and all that business. Mm. I mean, there's something brilliant about travelling and experiencing different cultures, but I don't. I think that's where people need to be careful about confusing their culture with their country mm. and with some an administrative region. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's 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 not why you're you you're you know you speak like that or you make mm. your cheese in that particular way yeah. or you have more goats than cows you know you you you're like that because you share a culture yeah that is you know that someone's then put some administrative infrastructure on top of and mm. said tax please mm. um but yeah i think it's a i think it is a i think that's what we in the same way that i think we're growing out of the tribes of um, political par parties hopefully we're growing out of the tribes of countries because yeah i mean it's it's sort of like the idea of a country has been slowly dissolving and it does feel quite anachronistic to be suddenly sort of obsessing over that national border as the brexit party you know so it's a weird thing it seems weird to me um uh, but yeah like i suppose yeah and and then i suppose the the sort of practical limits become when people literally don't speak the same language and can't actually communicate like that's where it becomes more difficult to unify um so i don't know what america's excuse is I mean, I guess they're... I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone speaks English, so that's what they make the boundary, and then they don't get angry about Canadians because Canadians speak English. They get angry English. about Mexicans because they sometimes don't speak English, even though, you know... So that's probably the biggest problem yeah. of our time is this not speaking the same language. Um, so as soon as we get this, like, real-time stick a thing in your ear and you can understand anyone, then hopefully that'll dissolve as well. We'll all be good. Yeah. America that is weird though is 
none of the people, well, and a, 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 well, I'm not going to say none because that's not strictly true, but not, well, I don't know what the percentage of Native Americans is, mm. but the vast, the huge, the overwhelming majority of people currently living in the United States of America have been there at best for 200 years. Yes. As a family, like, they, they are, they're, oh, I don't know when, okay, let's even some add, let's give them a couple, let's give them 400, mm. yeah, let's give them 400, let's give them Christopher Columbus or mm. something. But do you know what I mean? It's like the people went over, they occupied some land, and then they've, artificially populated that land well they went over they they did you know they killed everyone with smallpox blankets and then you know murdered a lot of people and then took over the land there was a large population there as we know before uh, we kind of got over there yeah but But now who's left tends to be the people that had the immune systems um so yeah that had already had measles um but we've got this but i think that sort of speaks to the arbitrary it seems like a very peculiar thing to create a culture around because it's a. This is my this is my by my prejudices. Mm. <laughs> current states, the, with the exception of the people that were, you know, taken there against their will. Yeah. Um, they are. They were either fleeing. Well, they're all either refugees or greedy. Mm-hmm. In terms of going there because they wanted to prospect, you know, prospecting or... Uh, do you know what I mean? It's like, it seems to be like there was no other... Um, but then maybe I've taken that... Now that I've said it out loud, maybe I've taken it too negatively. But, OK, they were seeking a better life, mm-hmm. fleeing something. But that's what they had in common. Mm. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's so, uh, podcast on the 4th of July uh, yesterday was, uh, um, as a recording, was about, like, the, the truth behind the tea party in the Boston, you know, all that, like, throwing the tea in the yeah, harbour yeah. and declaring independence and how that was actually, like, criminal gangs. And you know, it, was, it was a bid for kind of going straight, I think. But I, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet, but I think that's definitely one to be sort of like, let's get, I'm going to give you a new declaration of like understanding of your independence um but yeah it was like britain trying to kind of maintain control over you know like you've got to ship your tea through it was like drug dealers basically tea is this addictive yeah. drug and the whole thing is kind of result revolves around that um but like, i mean well i think we've got enough to talk about without worrying too much about america even i think like we're just uh the uk's suffering at the moment it's it's weird though like you'd think yeah, how strong is the bond between people that do speak the same language, really, when there's military might in the in the mix? Well, that um, tweet that I wrote that had a resurgence in the week, and a load of right. people take it one of two ways, and that's the um, and m- most often they take it very literally. Is this there'll be no civil war in England in Britain? There can't be. Yeah. Why? You're mm. assuming a lot about the national identity, the national pride of the peoples that make up the United Kingdom. Also, this whole conversation about the Northern Ireland backstop and all that business. Yeah. Even though Northern Ireland is not in the same country, the same administrative unit as Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, yeah. the absence of a physical border, a border crossing where somebody checks your passport, mm. creates the sense of oneness, yeah. which has a huge positive mm. impact on... Like, you know, where, where my lot are from, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, we've got a border seven kilometres from the house. One of the people's house is literally in no man's <laughs> land because it's like a... Oh shit! <laughs> it's like we've broken up the country. Now we need a border. Yeah. Um, it's like you know, who it's loves just... dealing with passport check-in people? Who loves dealing with official border officials? Anyone? Doubt it. No, because there's this there's this weird thing of protecting your. You know, like oh, you don't need to check passports for my sake. It's for their sake because they're baddies. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like. It's that sort of baddies thing again. Yeah. Uh, if you'll indulge me a second, because uh, I think it is a bit relevant. Uh, one of my cousins shared something this morning. Uh, she's one of them that's got out and is off at university. But she shared a quote from the, I think it's from the Karamazov brothers, Dostoevsky. It's a bit gaudy, but it's, I think it's quite nice. And mm. it's only a, 
paragraph. So it says, love all God's creation, both the whole and every grain of sand. Love every leaf, every ray of light. Love the animals, love the planets, love each separate thing. If thou love each thing, thou wilt perceive the mystery of God in all. And when once thou perceive this, thou wilt thenceforth grow every day to a full understanding of it. Until thou come at last to love the whole world with a love that will then be all-embracing and universal. It's like that's what we should be aiming for. Yeah, it's like, hard to, but then you've, got, then you've got to include Trump in your love. Well, <laughs> and this is the thing that we've got to figure out how, how to do. <laughs> but this, I think about this often because, you know, I, th- I was, so I read this, I don't know, this morning, then I went paddleboarding with my dog. So my dog and me on our paddleboard having a chat. And it's like, just because Trump and the likes make me angry doesn't mean that I shouldn't be well let's take somebody easier <laughs> you know like i don't know um that I, this was literally my thought thinking on my stand-up paddleboard this morning it was like just because somebody makes me angry doesn't mean that i that i shouldn't respond to them with kindness mm, yeah because they you know the, the the anger only hurts me yeah and the kindness might actually help them or has a higher chance of changing them than than not you know than my anger my anger just will get them fighting back yeah whereas my kindness might invite them into a conversation yeah and this was what i found intoxicating about this like buddhist meditation the metta bhavana where it was like okay just think about someone that you you know like and then love them and then like go down the list until someone that you really got a problem with and try and send them love as well and it was like okay if i can do that like sorted yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That, but it, I right. think that's true, though. Yeah, yeah. So fuck countries, more love. Love Sorry, everyone. Internet. Listen, listen. <laughs> um, so speaking... So, right, I just want to end on this thing so you just read something out but i had a longer thing to read out so sorry listeners you're getting stuff read out um my aunt uh, annette sent me so she listened to our freedom episode and she a couple of days ago i got in the in the in my email she said that my mother wrote this poem about called freedom um and it was one of the reasons that i uh, was thinking about because it's 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 it sort of covers some of the things we've talked about but then it's got this whole thing about england in it and i'm like okay so i, I don't really it's weird that I, I, that just wouldn't have crossed my mind. So I just thought I'd I would do a little bit of a posthumous poem poem reading, I suppose, and just like and I, I sort of was I didn't look at it straight away because I was like oh, some twenty year old student is probably not going to be a good poem, is it? Um, but I thought it was alright, and I thought it was like probably I wish it wasn't so late in the podcast because we probably won't have much to, time to talk about anything. But uh, let's just have a listen to this. Um, So I will try and read out a poem from my mother. Um, O England, seat of freedom, which expression could suit you so well? Deep in your heart do I dwell, you the heart of my world and my freedom. But is freedom only for me? Is not my mother too free? And my sister and my brother, my fellow workers and my father, Mrs Jones who lives next door, is freedom for the rich but not the poor? But what is freedom? How is it that some people suffer? if the gift of this freedom's for all. This question I put to myself, and then, not satisfied with an answer, I ask my neighbour, and he tells me, to love my brother, and moreover, that yes, all men are free. But it is a limited freedom, freedom limited by laws and precepts. If there is to be peace, there must be order, and yet, sometimes, I do not feel like keeping order, although I can. Sometimes I do not want to submit to the wish of my elders, of those in authority, who rule me and guide me and show me the way, So then I rebel. Perhaps I'm angry or proud or offended. It is I who know better. I'll prove it and show you. And I'll not lift a finger to serve our dear country. And what's more, I'll get others to join in my cause for more money, more leisure, less labour, more pleasure. And we'll all go on strike and our country will suffer. But can this be freedom? I think it is serfdom. We are serving the devil ourselves in disguise. If we were but healthy and wealthy and wise in mind, soul and body, how happy we'd be. We'd be useful and worthy and what's most, we'd be free. Tian McGilligott, December 1973. What do you think of that? Um, Yeah, hi. Uh, Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. 
It just sounded like an episode of our podcast to me, just like <laughs> going around the houses and trying to figure something out. Um, True. And uh, like, I I don't know. It's like, I, I'm like, I, I probably would have had something to talk about. But uh, I think you would. I think the, uh, the, but this concept of this, this, I think it goes back to this. Uh, it's not just the, the, the countries thing. It's the control. It's the control. You know, countries are a means of control yeah. above all else so you know i i sort of keep talking about them as an administrative unit but it's not it's a unit of control a control mechanism for people in as much stay as where you are don't move no ah, no you can't come in no you no you can't live here no you you must pay this no don't no run it no zebra crossings <laughs> and you can't you know if the if the if the country is powerful what she was saying about the, the, that bit about striking yeah. and uh, the uh, and then my country will suffer. And I was like, I don't know what this... Maybe we should talk about suffering. Maybe. Anyway, this <laughs> is just the, some thing. words of a 20-year-old, like, from the 70s. So, well, I think they're interesting know, words. I fine. think, if anything... It, it does make it... I would like, I would like to have talked to that 20-year-old. Mm. I think we would have had things to say. Yes, well... Okay. Right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com um, where you can subscribe with the orange button. Where can people find you, Ivanka? You can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at michaelforestmusic.com and other places like YouTube. Anything else? If you'd like to support our podcast in any way, shape or form, you can do things like writing ratings, writing ratings and reviews. You can tell your friends about it. You can give us some stars. You can also go to our Patreon that now we've carefully set up and uh, which is patreon.com slash patreon.com slash grand podcast and that's like for a regular like monthly donation or I just like if you look in the show notes as well um, I, I just set up a little PayPal donation as well if you want to do that so I think that's paypal.me slash grand podcast but just have a look in the show notes if you fancy you don't have to it's just like I haven't got a job now so you know any, every little bit helps this takes a lot of work uh, but yeah, beyond that, cheers for listening. See you next time. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 bye.